We've got an update on a high-profile property that's for sale in the area. We've also got a good bourbon story to talk about today. I'm David Mann. That was Laurel Deppin. And you are listening to the Access Louisville podcast. Thanks for joining us. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast from Louisville Business First. Each week we bring you the latest news along with plenty of sharp opinions on what's happening here in Louisville, Kentucky. Today on the show we've got Ellie Tolbert. Hi. And Stephen Schmidt. Hello. And we're going to talk about Claudia Sanders' dinner house. That was the uh, the um, high-profile property I just teased there. High-profile the property. Yes, that's hard to say. That's mm-hmm. hard to say. Um, I nailed it. Though. <laughs> uh, let's see here. So Not to brag, <laughs> but I nailed it. <laughs> so... Claudia Sanders Dinner House. This is not the first time we have talked about this property, Mm-mm. but it hasn't sold yet. It's been on the market for a while, so they're taking the sale in a different direction. What's changing? Yes, so um, it went up for sale for the first time in June, and then I think it was a couple months later we found the price was $9 million. Now um, the price has changed to $4.9 million, but that's because they're taking away some of the stuff that was in the listing. So it was originally the real estate, which was a 25,000-square-foot banquet hall that's what the restaurant's in and they have event space and things like that and then the 5,000 square foot former residence of Colonel Sanders Colonel Harlan Sanders and his wife Claudia Um, and then it included the image and likeness of Claudia Sanders so someone could take that like the the idea was like a brand right to use that as a brand Um, and then also various like memorabilia that belonged to Colonel Sanders including his like original Kentucky Colonel certificate and things like that. The memorabilia and the um, image and likeness have been taken out of the listing. And so it's just the real estate and the business itself that's up for sale now. That makes a lot more sense because it is something to buy. Like you just want a building, but you got to have to buy the image and likeness of Claudia right. Sanders. And I that's think, a lot of responsibility. It's yeah. like, I just want this property. I don't want another person. Yeah. Right? yeah. And I think that... So one of the reasonings behind it was also kind of, you know, KFC is very particular. I mean, they're a big company that's very particular about their branding. Mm-hmm. And so even though Claudia Sanders is its own, you know, um, what's the word brand. I'm looking for? Brand. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a different copyright that goes along with that. It's very close and it could be a little risky. And I think that they were thinking that was kind of dissuading some people from. Yeah. They were maybe afraid because they would think that KFC would right after them. exactly. Um, and I saw your story. This property doesn't necessarily have to stay a restaurant. It could be something else, like mm-hmm. an event space. Or yeah, I think that they, you know, it's been around for a long time. It was um, Colonel Sanders started the restaurant for his wife, uh, so you know. I think that the owners would like it to stay a restaurant, but it doesn't necessarily. There's no like strings attached or yeah. anything like that. Um, and I know that like. There's opportunities for the residents to become Airbnbs. Um, I was talking with the brokers who are listing the property. They said it could be a cool like bourbon experience mm-hmm. or something like that. So um, I think there's a lot of potential there, yeah. no matter what it turns into, whether it stays a restaurant or not. But this is important. If 
If it stayed a restaurant, you have some sales figures of how much money it made as a restaurant. Um, yeah, so it generated nearly $2.3 million in sales in 2022 and had over 100,000 guests. Not bad. No, not bad at all. It's <laughs> a good, successful yeah, restaurant. A, yeah, and I think, I mean, I've been there. I know, like, on Facebook, a bunch of people commented saying that they have good memories there. Mm-hmm. Um it's only in Shelbyville, so not too far away, and near other distilleries and things like that. Yeah. So it's not like it's at a good location. Yeah, and you know? it's you know it's a piece of Kentucky history because Colonel Sanders is this famous Kentuckian, right? And so is his wife. So. Yeah. So, David, I can't forget that in the Access Louisville show uh, for predictions for 2023, you had a prediction for this particular property. I, I did. I don't know if this is, <laughs> ruins my prediction, this whole change, but I I had predicted that this would be the uh, the start of the Kentucky Fried Chicken Trail, uh, which would I be I forgot a, about that. Which you know, it's like a, a a string of places you can visit that have great fried chicken. But oh yeah, so this could complicate things. That could complicate it if the restaurant shuts down. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Somebody keep. Keep yeah. proving me right out there. Keep this you could buy it. Start the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't have fried chicken trail money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, maybe I will just to make that prediction come yeah, true. Yeah, right. It was my business plan. <laughs> You're all like, along. I'm going to spend 4.9 million dollars to get the bragging rights <laughs> <laughs> for the uh, Access <laughs> Global <laughs> Prediction Podcast. <laughs> I'm going to win this year, man. Yeah. One way or There's the a lot other. On the line. <laughs> yeah. uh, I can't remember, but I did pretty bad last year, so <laughs> I need to redeem myself. And speaking of KS- KFC, not to equate KFC with Claudia Sanders because I don't want KFC to come suing us. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of that general, speaking of fried chicken, yeah, speaking of fried chicken, good idea. Um, earlier this week, we had a story about an incredibly fried chicken menu item coming to KFC's menu, making a comeback. Yes. Is... So tell us about that. <laughs> yes. Um, the double down. I don't know. I don't know if you do. You guys remember the double down? No. It was a big deal because it was such, <laughs> it was such an unhealthy it's a sandwich. Big deal now. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, it is deal, a big now. deal now. It was originally announced. I, I look back. Haley wrote this story, um, not me, but uh, I look back. They had originally introduced it in 2010, and it's a sandwich. It's like a bacon and cheese sandwich, but instead of buns, it's two pieces of fried chicken. <laughs> oh, when you said bacon and cheese, I heard bacon, egg, and cheese, so I was like, it's breakfast? <laughs> yeah. You could put an egg on there. As soon as you put an egg on there, it becomes breakfast. It's breakfast. Yes. Sounds good. No, KFC, uh, if you're listening, that's your next great idea. Yeah, I want KFC for breakfast, honestly. Uh, but yeah, you, it's, instead of two loaves of, or two buns, you have two pieces of chicken and in between it is cheese and bacon Oof, it's really unhealthy it. but i like bread i like buns I like so i couldn't so this I, is like a knife and fork menu item right no no it's, it's wrapped in a piece of paper like, no, and you eat know. it like a sandwich <laughs> you're gonna get very greasy hands okay okay <laughs> i was just wondering about the logistics of this yeah i also feel like I just think about the logistics of the sandwich i feel like bread is also like not hot because the inside mm. of the sandwich is hot. Right. <laughs> and so the yeah. bread is what helps you hold the <laughs> it's sandwich. It's going to burn it's your just holding hot fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> really? I th- this is why it was a big deal in 2010 and 2014, because it, it's so crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's uh, such an absurd item. They're just, like they're, we they're said yesterday, they, they're disrupting the chicken industry. They called, you know who else they called crazy? 
Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the quote that we had from their uh, chief marketing officer was, after nearly a, de- a decade of people begging for the return, we are embracing the chaos. And it sounds like chaos mm-hmm. uh, to bring back our most iconic sandwich ever for just four weeks. So it's a limited time. Wow. Get this thing if you're, if you're into... Uh, um, the double down access louisville is not sponsored by KFC. <laughs> <laughs> i you know i could say st- i could say bad stuff about it just to uh, i like I was, I was like a real snob in 20 2010 i'm not anymore i'll eat anything but um but i was like this is a terrible idea i only want healthy things and like now i'm like i might just eat this yeah so, <laughs> want, like, can, can we deep fry this yeah, can yeah. We serve this can with we have the, another a kind of breading around can we it? make this a funnel cake somehow <laughs> uh, so now i'm like yeah well, whatever let's do it can but, you add sauce to it um it does sound dry i will, that's like i feel like my biggest complaint would be it sounds very dry yeah i don't Okay, it comes with either uh, real mayo or or spicy sauce. I don't know oh, what kind oh. of sauce, but okay. spicy sauce. Huh. Hmm. I want both, honestly. I want, <laughs> I want both. both. <laughs> so, so you said that they're embracing the chaos. So, what what's their their marketing strategy on this? Yeah, they got a whole uh, marketing campaign. Um, uh, uh, it features, uh, and I like this just description: an unforgettable spin on the musical trio Major Lazer's hit. Bubble Butt, which I'm not familiar <laughs> with Bubble Butt, but uh, apparently Major Lazer Song is going to be involved in the marketing campaign. <laughs> Called Bubble Butt? Yes. Well, it says their hit song, Bubble Butt. So I don't know that song, but... Major Laser? Yeah. I would love if, like, we're going to play that right now. <laughs> oh, I'm I wish lo- we no, could I'm do looking that, up, but I'm looking up the lyrics. Things. Yeah, we'll edit it in later. Yeah. Yes. No, um... Lyrical genius. It begins by repeating bubble butt, bubble, bubble. bubble yeah, butt. wait, y'all don't know that song? No, I don't. I Sing don't. it for us. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's like, well, you know, you know, it's fine. Look it up. You I'm sure like it's, access it's mobile listeners. So I think it's a hit song. I'm just not. Mm-hmm. It was released in 2013. So that's between um, Double Down release dates, right? Because it was 2010 and 2014 oh. is yeah. when the Double oh, Down. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And it says it's an over-the-top experience, like the Double Down itself. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in excess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> excess Louisville. Ah. <laughs> oh, my ah, I see what it is. <laughs> From there, and we'll talk, we'll talk about other unhealthy things like bourbon. Um, and uh, not, not, not to disparage bourbon or Double Down sandwiches. You know, do what you love. Live, live the way you're going to live. But... Uh, We'll talk a little bourbon here. Now, Steve, you had just met with Melissa Rift at Old Forester Distillery. And I like that story a lot. Um, and I just, you know, what did you guys talk about? She's kind of new, right? Yeah. So I initially uh, met Melissa. My first uh, bourbon writer media event was at uh, Bar Vetti in Nulu. Shout out to Bar Vetti. And, um, We're not uh, sponsored by Bar Vetti Not either. sponsored by <laughs> Anyway, that was like my first my first jump into into all things bourbon, and um, I met Melissa for the first time, and she was just very, very nice, uh, kind. I kind of told her like, "Hey, I'm, I'm new to this whole thing," and 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 so we just had a you know nice conversation. But she had you know she's just very engaging, and you know um, just a, a great person to talk to, not not just about bourbon, but about really about anything. 
And I wasn't quite sure. I knew that. So I've been on this kind of bourbon tour, if you will. Uh, I've actually gone now to four places in four weeks, and uh, which has been great. I've, I, I would have been to Buffalo Trace, uh, Heaven Hills, Bernheim Distillery, and this is the third stop. And so um, I didn't know who my guide was going to be, but uh, it was a nice surprise when I saw Melissa there. And so, and she was saying that, you know, she started, I think, November 8th. So just like maybe a month after I started my job here. And so she was saying, though, that with all the traveling she's done, that she'd only gone like maybe three tours or so. I think I remember hearing that. But she she had the tour thing down uh, um, in terms of explaining things. The biggest thing I took away was, and I mentioned it in my story, was that the, the person who invented... Uh, or the person who started uh, uh, the uh, old forester, uh, George uh, Gervin Brown, he was a pharmacist, and so he was credited, is credited, for, for putting bo- uh, bourbon into glass bottles back in 1870. Everyone just drank it out of Bef- their hands before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was my thing. I was like, what did you do before? And I was like, well, she was like, they just got it out of barrels. And so I was like, well, they had little barrels, but like, yeah. They probably like dip their cups in there, like in uh, Peaky or, or they just got like a, a straw. <laughs> and, uh, Everybody had straws. It was yeah, and I, I guess it was like a, a, a year a year before that is when Heinz had the idea to put ketchup in the glass bottles. So who knows what they were doing with ketchup before that either. So um, anyway, that was, it, it goes back. Imagine. So it's, it's a very, it's a very, uh, um, you know, it's a, it's a very, uh, it's a brand that's been on the round for a long time. But, yeah, I had a great uh, talk with her because she's been on the road now for about two months. And so I kind of asked her what were some of her highlights. And she talked about this cool event that was um, that was in New York that was all about the women in the not just the bourbon industry, but did the alcohol industry in general and um, was on a panel, a couple panels for that. And um, she was at the uh, Tag Awards, which is a big thing in Vegas, uh, where they, um, they they honor all the different um, types of uh, uh, alcohol there as well. And she's about to go to something in San Diego, uh, which is another uh, female-only um, bartending event. Uh, and so... Anyway, there's, she's got a lot of she she's she's having a great time on the road, um, and but she's saying that it's a good blend of of going out on the road and then be able to come back home, and you know, um, so she's having a great time, and and um, yeah, it was a, it was a good conversation. What did you think of Old Forester Distillery? Because you were you were first at Buffalo Trace, which is like the old yeah. distillery, and then you went to Heaven Hill, and it's like an industrial yeah. facility, and then. Old Forester is definitely a tourist attraction. Like that's yeah. why I'd say that's well, not the main Old Forester. That's the tourist to Old Forester. But what did you think? Well, like I said I, I would say that um, those three things are such so different from from what they could be because you you have the the, the high tour. I mean the the biggest the, you know the, with the, with tourists kind of just coming into Buffalo Trace all the time. There's there's so much pomp and circumstance and and, and history and things right there. Like that whole you can campus. See. Yeah, it's just a big thing. And then. Um, you know, uh, Connor O'Driscoll uh, over at Heaven Hill, he just took me around and Chris Fryer, our photographer, and just kind of showed us, you know, everything, you know, just, just how, how they make 1,500 barrels of, of bourbon uh, and other products uh, a day. And, and so this was kind of right in the middle, right? Because it's, it's like a, it, they only make like maybe like I think it's – I don't want to get my numbers wrong. But they don't – you know, obviously they make majority of the Old Forester at the, their um, 
their plant in uh, in Shively. And so this is just kind of like a boutique situation, but it really is cool. Everybody is talking about, you know, they, they show everything from, from you know, they, they get the mash, right? So they get the mash, but they do everything else from the, the mash. And I think the coolest thing is to see their column still. I mean, mm. that thing's like a work of art. Like yeah. you've never seen pretty prettier copper uh, than that mm. that column still. And then just to see the barrels, the, the barrels being made and charred. charred. yeah. Yeah, I didn't like realize that Old Forester is only the only place that really does their own, makes their own barrels. Everybody else gets them from a large place. A lot, a lot of times like an independent stave company is a main one. Um, so that was just um, super fascinating to see all that. And then their storage, their there's I get you know where they where they store. It's not like a, it's not like a rick house. It's just a giant storage thing. It's just so it's so you know well lit and everything is is you know there's not a lot. It's just it's it's not as rustic. It's very Super modern. modern. Yeah, yeah. I kind of I, I kind of told Melissa I go. It reminds me of kind of like if well, it's like the Tesla of you know of a of a storage facility or like because they're just like everything just seems so quiet and it was like humming along and she's like she was. She thought that was funny because she said she drives drives a Tesla. And I was like, you know, I was like, this is a compliment. This is a compliment. I'm not trying to, you know, but it's like it was so different than than all the other places. And so, um, yeah, it was just a really cool place. I definitely recommend um, stopping by, uh, you know, when when you get the opportunity to do so. We're not sponsored by Old Forester either. <laughs> no, we are not. Well, we could be. So. <laughs> right. We could be sponsored let, by let all Let us the put you in touch with our advertising. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> So all jokes aside, Steve, um, we'll move from your bourbon beat to your tech beat. You had a really interesting story this week um, about local tech companies providing support for Ukrainian team members. Um, And, you know, it all goes without saying we all know about the war in um, Ukraine. But could you tell us more about these companies? Yes. Yes. So um, I in the back of my mind, I knew that uh, February 24th was uh, um, the one year anniversary of this uh, war conflict, whatever you want to call it. And um, I was, I was trying to, I was thinking about like, there's gotta be something I knew. I knew a lot of our tech companies have, have connections to you, to Ukraine because there's such a large amount of uh, de- uh, offshore, offshore outsourced developers in Ukraine. And, and I knew that a lot of people worked with them. And, um, and so when I was having that thought in my head, uh, Slingshot actually reached out to us and said, hey, you know, we'd like to do, we kind of pitched the story uh, because they are selling T-shirts um, that are actually designed from their Ukraine team. So they have 27 team members. They have, Slingshot is about 55. It's a, it's a uh, uh, for those who don't know, it's a software development company based here in Louisville, but they have out of their 55 team members, about 27 of them are either uh, from Ukraine um, or living in Ukraine right now, a lot of people have, have been kind of displaced to other places. Um, anyway, so they're they're currently um, they they wanted to do something to kind of show support, and so what they decided to do was they made T-shirts, long sleeve shirts, and uh, and hoodies, and they're selling them. And then what they're doing is they're matching. So if you if you um, you know, buy a T-shirt for thirty dollars. They'll match that, and then they're matching that up to twenty-five hundred dollars. Now, when I wrote my story, they had a thousand dollars, and then I just saw that they shared a link on Facebook this uh, earlier this afternoon, and they are up to thirteen hundred dollars. So, um, yeah, I think their their cutoff was. I'm hoping maybe they'll extend it, but right now their their cutoff is um, to, um, Friday. So if this comes out on Friday, 
and that the you know go check out my article click on the link and, and buy a shirt uh, it's for a really great cause because they're going to take that money and they're going to um give it um directly to the cause that their their um their team members suggest because like as as the the ceo of slingshot uh david was telling me that um uh there are so many things out there you don't really know what is real and what's a scam and so they're going to give the money and say exactly you know where you know the, the team members will figure out exactly what what um, their particular communities are in need of where that funding should go so it's a really cool thing and then the last thing is is that i was i was amazed i um they they were able to put me in contact with somebody who uh is living in ukraine and i just kind of filled out i, I gave them a um a couple questions about what was going on um, and he sent back a, a Word doc that, that obviously his, his English was broken, but I could understand exactly what he was trying to say. And, and um, it was just truly, um, it was just one of those things where I just kind of stopped what I was doing, read the whole thing, and was immediately moved, um, you know, by his, by his story. Because I just can't imagine, you know, we always think about, oh, I got, you know, I'm, I'm stressed out. I got this. I got that. I've got, you know... Uh, I got to be somewhere to pick up my kid before this. And we don't think about, well, you know, I only have eight hours of electricity today or, oh, there's a reverberation of a shelling down the street. So, I mean, the what the, what people in, in Ukraine right now who are still who are, you know, working um, through all these these circumstances, they're just they're truly amazing people. And, um, uh, you know, it's just um yeah, it's just what they and I, what I understand too. I also spoke with. I need to talk about. I spoke with Charlie Miller from Org Vitals. Charlie's been involved with Ukrainian workers since about 2008, 2010, somewhere in there. And um, he says he knows about 100 people in Ukraine right now. And he's actually telling people. Uh, he's telling companies here in Louisville, hey, if you need if you need work, I've got people to to tell you, you know, to to give to get the work to, um, because. A, they need the work to support their families, and B, it's a good escapism for them for what's going on right now, and uh, because they, they like to, they, you know, they, they find they find comfort and uh, a sense of normalcy inside their work. So if you need if you need uh, software development help, uh, reach out to Charlie uh, Miller at Org Vitals. He also has a, a, a Unitonomy a studio where he has freelancers, many of whom are from Ukraine as well. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I think that's, that, that about wraps it up, but yeah, there's some, um, I think the bottom thing, the, the, the big thing to know is that, um, no one knows when this will, this war will, will end. Um, but right now, you know, they, all they can do is just get, get support. And so this, this t-shirt drive is one way to, to show that support. And, um, there's, there's going to be, uh, I said that there, there's people out there who need work in the tech space. And so, um, there's people here in Louisville that can put you in contact with those people as well. So Charlie Miller is, is a great, is, you know, the first person I would reach out to. Right. That's a great reminder, um, that, you know, there's different ways to help yeah. as opposed to just giving money or buying a t-shirt. And it's been a year and like life just goes on here, but I mean, you know, they're still kind of dealing with the reality of that. So I think that's pretty powerful, but. Well, I guess that that is all we have time for this week. Um, but before we sign off, let's go around the room and share where our audience can find us on social media. Ellie, we'll start with you. You can find me on LinkedIn under my name, Eleanor Tolbert, and on Twitter at BFLU Eleanor. And Steve? You can find me uh, on LinkedIn at uh, slash SP Schmidt and on Twitter at BFLU Steve. And David? 
You can find me on Twitter under my handle, DMan3001. I'm also on LinkedIn under the name David A. Man. Uh, one little programming note here. Uh, I'm going to be out the next two weeks. i um, got a, 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 like a professional thing next week, and then, uh, and then I'm going to be traveling after that. And uh, So Laurel's going to be hosting the show. Laurel, do a good job, but don't do so good that, that I don't get to come right, back. Right, of course, so, of course. Uh, <laughs> set, set the bar on the floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, it's like, you just do moderately okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. No, as soon as, um, as soon as we finish here, I'll be like, was that okay? Do you think David would have written the script that way? Is it, does that work? Um, I told her that I should be her co-host for the next two weeks. <laughs> oh, no, don't do that. You guys will be too good. <laughs> <laughs> If you like what you heard this week, please consider subscribing to the Access Louisville podcast on all popular podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Radio Public. Thank you, Ellie, Steve, and David. And thank you guys for listening at home. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Cheers. <laughs>